Hey everybody, how's it going? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. This week I had a lot of fun recording this episode. Uh, my guest is a really good friend of ours. Uh, her and her husband actually interviewed her husband a few weeks ago, but they moved into our ward um, just last year and we've become pretty good friends. But she served her mission here in Boise, Idaho. She's from California and she has a really fun story to, or some some stories to tell us. Um, but like I said, it was really fun and it was really creative. And I hope you guys enjoy. But please welcome Kimberly Jensen. You are listening to The Life of a Missionary, a podcast that dives into the experiences of former missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. My name is Enrique Nunez, and I will be your host to the journey of these mission stories from all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's see. You served here in Boise, Idaho, correct? I did. Sweet. And where are you from? I'm from Northern California. Okay. So Boise, Idaho... I guess just Idaho in general doesn't have the best reputation for missions. Really? <laughs> yeah, because because everybody was like, I don't I don't want to go to Boise. I don't want to go to Idaho. Yeah, yeah, actually, so, that's pretty true. <laughs> did, did, did you have a similar reaction when you got your mission call? You know, I did. I was in Rexburg at the time. I was going oh. to school, and I got my call. And everyone wants to go someplace cool. Yes. And you know, half the people you don't. And so, um. I, I got it, and I remember the Sunday after I got my call, our bishop at the time in the YSA ward there would, if people got their mission calls, which was like every week, um, he would read it over the pulpit and say, you know, so-and-so got their mission call to here. And I was sitting alone. I think I was late, and so my roommates weren't with me. And he read my call, and the person who was next to me didn't know who I was. And he was like, yeah, can really... Fiori got her call to Boise, Idaho, and my entire congregation just started busting up laughing. And the guy next to me was like making mean comments. He's like, oh, I wouldn't want to go there, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> basically like in tears. And the bishop like scolded everyone over the pulpit. He's like, knock it off. Like, it's a great mission, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just mortified. And it, it sucks because then when you become an RM, everyone's jealous because I can come back to, well, now I live in my mission. But at the time right. when I didn't, I could come back and visit and go to baptisms. That's and awesome. See converts. And everyone's like, oh, I can never afford to go back to my mission. I'm like, I can go all the time. And so. now you're the one laughing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's, a, that's interesting because I never really thought about that. Because you go to, say, in quotes, a boring mission, but yet it's it's really close mm -hmm. you know it's it's so close that, like you said now you're living in it mm -hmm. um that's that's an, that's interesting yeah and at the end of the day like everyone's mission is fantastic there's yeah. no such thing as a boring mission yes. everywhere you go is going to be great so but it doesn't feel like it when you first get the call right so yeah so i had uh dan marshall on here i think it was episode three he served in washington state and so he said the same thing, like, "Oh, my my mission's pretty boring, <laughs> you know. I don't really have that that I didn't I don't have that crazy experiences." And I'm like, "Dude, to me, every mission is is unique, and there's certain experiences to every missionary that's just amazing, and that's why I want to share it. That's why I want <laughs> people to share it. Like, I don't care that you served in Boise or in Salt Lake or on the other side of the world. Like, it doesn't matter. Everybody had a different experience, and I think it's." It's important to share. 
So that's why you're here. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I love hearing everyone's stories too and just seeing like how different even each mission is because I remember when we like combined in our missions, even though they were bordering like Twin Falls and Boise, mm-hmm. it was like vastly different, like how the missionaries were and the rules and everything. You think they're all the same because we have the same handbook, but they're totally different. How so? Like we just had... I feel like every mission president is different yes and so how they want to run like the white handbook has some rules but there are a lot of rules that like aren't in there too or how you interpret the rule and so like in twin falls they had like an ex-military mission president <laughs> and so they their rules were like super super strict and ours were kind of more lax and so when we combined and we were know switching up companionships we went through a couple transfers that were really rough because we were all trying to find a balance of you know what does this rule actually mean you know mm-hmm. is it really strict or is this okay what's not okay and so i just i just love how all missions are different because it, it really does make it unique yeah that that's interesting our mission combined too that i think it was the re or no no it's separated so it was it was las vegas and reno and they separated to two, two different missions so some Reno missionaries went to Vegas, some Vegas missionaries went to Reno, and Reno missionaries apparently had to part their hair. Every missionary parted their hair. What? So every missionary who was still there in, in Vegas had parted hair. And so wow. all of us were like, why do you do that? I'm like, oh, just the mission rule. Because the mission president apparently thought that if you are if you take that out of the picture, you don't have to be distracted by some stuff like that. Hmm. I'm just like, okay, dude. That's an interesting way to Whatever. do it. But like, see that same thing. Like, every mission person is different in what they're going to do and what they're not. So yeah. it rubs you... off to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think I can. I mean, I have parted hair, but I don't. I wouldn't part it the other way. I would have <laughs> disobedient, I guess. I don't know if that matters. <laughs> know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, how, how was your relationship with your mission presidents? President? Presidents? Presidents. I had two. Okay. Um, Most had... people do. Yeah. Well, I mean, they change every three years. So unless yeah. you like get in right at the beginning of one. That's true. I'm most likely to have two. Um, they were okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, what years did you serve? I served from 2015, the middle of 2015 to the end of 2017. Okay. I moved or 2016, up, I'm sorry. <laughs> I moved up here to Boise in 2016. Oh, okay. So in the middle of, of 2016. Okay, so that was right when it changed, because it changed that July is when we got the new mission president. So I had one for about a year, a year-ish, and then okay. I had the other one for about six months. Okay. Yeah. That's rough. I feel like it's a little bit rougher to get to get close to your mission president as a sister, because you don't have that much time, especially if like you only have six months with them, versus elders, we can have like a year and a year, or a year and a half total, or even two years with that same mission president, but... I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more difficult. That's true. I've never thought of it that way. And I guess like for the guys too, you guys have more opportunities to serve in leadership positions and like with them and things like that too. So, I mean, I had plenty of leadership opportunities too and a lot of girls do, but it's just a little different for the guys. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. There's a lot more positions for for elders Mm -hmm. because you got your district leaders, your trainers, your zone leaders, your APs. Mm -hmm. And with sisters, you got trainers and... SDLs. <laughs> what does that mean? A sister training leader. There you go. It's basically like a, I don't even know what to call it. It's basically like a zone leader for sisters. Basically. Is it a zone leader? Not a district leader? Kind of. Yeah. Cause they do. 
how ours were we had sisters in multiple zones they kind of just clump you into your own zone you mm-hmm. just take care of the sisters because you can't really do exchanges with elders, elders so I mean, you could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard like way back in the day they used to when there wasn't very many sisters out before what? like the age changed like really, really far back. They used to do exchanges like elders and sisters, but that's weird. I don't know if it's just a rumor, but I heard that. Yeah, probably. So. <laughs> probably. Yeah. That would not be okay. <laughs> but you have to think though, like back then too, the sisters were older then, I mean, you've, you've got 19 year old boys and then most sisters were 21 or older. So, whereas now you have, you know, they're the same age. I don't, and, I don't see the difference here. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a little bit of a difference. I mean, if it was like like a 30-year-old sister with a 19-year-old elder, then it's like, okay, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, even just the age gap of then, think about like a 21-year-old girl is probably done with college at that point, you know, 21, mm-hmm. 22, when they're going out, they're going to be done with college or almost done with college. Whereas you have a guy who's either not gone to college at all or only gone for a year. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, their their maturity level and where they are in life yeah. is, is a little bit different of what they're looking for. Yes. So that is true. Yeah. I remember when the 18 year old missionaries got there, I was like, this is way different. <laughs> you, you clearly, and it's just one year from 18 to 19, mm-hmm. but their maturity level, like you're saying is completely different. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can tell you're straight out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw that with the sisters too. Like, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I was so immature going out on my mission. You went at 19? I went at 19. Nice. Yeah, and I was not ready for the world. I mean, I'd done a year of college, but I wasn't even ready to go out for college. I was mm-hmm. super immature and didn't know what I was getting myself into when I signed up for a mission. And um, I had a girl that was in the MTC with me who had graduated out of culinary school and she was like 20, I don't know, 22, maybe 23. And her perspective and her maturity and just her as a missionary, she was such a better missionary than I was. I mean, just amazing. And I still say that to the day. I think the older you are, and I saw that with the guys too, the older you are, I think the better missionaries they make just because they don't have to go through that maturity process. They Mm -hmm. come out for the right reasons. They're not just going out out of obligation or as something to do. It's, you know, I want to be out here. I want to be doing this. I want to get closer to the Lord. I want to serve people. And so they're a little more dedicated, a little more obedient. At least that's what I saw. I guess it's not the same for everybody, but that's what I tended to see. So, so what would you suggest to, I guess, these 17 and 18 year olds who are wanting to go on missions, but haven't reached that maturity level yet? I would say prepare. Like I went with no preparation. I had no clue. Like I had never gone out with missionaries before. I didn't know what they did. I didn't. You know, I didn't know anything about the rules. I'd never read the handbook, like absolutely no idea. And I know there were a lot of people like me who had, or maybe a little bit more of an idea what a mission was, but still not a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But nowadays what I've seen is they try to get missionaries to go serve in the temple. Yes. um, Before they go on their mission. I think that's a fantastic idea. I never got to do that. Go out with the missionaries that, you know, are in your ward or close to you or read your scriptures, start getting on the schedule of, you know, 630, 1030 and things like that. I don't know if the like schedule is all still the same because they've changed a lot of rules in the last couple of years, but I would just say like prepare a little bit <laughs> before you go. Don't just like go on a whim. Don't just read the Book of Mormon and head out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. See, that was my mistake <laughs> because my, my stake president asked me if I had read it and I said, well, you know, I'm going through it, but no, I haven't finished it. So I said, okay, you, but you got to finish it. You know, you got to read it and study it. 
because that's what you're going to be teaching about for the next two years. Mm. Like, so you can't expect to teach something that you haven't read or studied. I was like, sheesh, man. So I studied it. I read it and I thought, okay, I've got a pretty good understanding of it. I started reading it again before I left, but that wasn't enough. Like everybody goes to the MTC thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm kind of ready. And then they realize they are not ready at all. <laughs> and then in the MTC, they think, okay, I'm learning. I'm, I know how to teach. And they go out into the mission field and they have no idea again. Mm. So it's just that, like, I, I think I agree with you. I, I think that you have to prepare a lot more than just reading your scriptures. I never thought about actually getting the white handbook. Well, it's not white handbook anymore. They changed it. Oh, I have no idea what it is now, but it was white handbook when I, I had it. <laughs> I don't remember that. Me too. I, we'll, we'll have to ask some, our sisters in the ward or something. Mm-hmm. But to get that book, to read the, the rules of the mission, and then to go out with missionaries, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I would even say, like, get familiar with preaching the gospel as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, not to be super strict about it, but just being familiar with everything so it's not all a culture shock, because it is totally different. Like, yeah. you're being thrown <laughs> into the, the unknown. And, I mean, I came to Boise, so it's not, like, that foreign. So I can only imagine the people who do go foreign would be even worse of a it's culture scary. shock. But, um yeah, it is definitely vastly different than anything else you're going to do in your life. So mm-hmm. the more familiar you are, the more comfortable you're going to be. For sure. For sure. So did you go from Rexburg to the Provo MTC? I actually went home for like a month. Okay. And got everything ready and then went out. To okay. The That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how, cause I, I wasn't going to school while, while this happened, but how does that work? Like, was it in the middle of your semester? Was it towards the end? So I went home over Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And got all of my paperwork done literally in like 10 days. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really quick. I told my mom a couple of weeks before I went home, I was like, hey, I want to go. Can you help me line up this stuff? And she lined up like within three days. I had my interviews with the bishop and stake president and everything. I had all my doctor's appointments. We had like literally everything done within a few days. And I sent it all in and, you know, waited however long and got my call about mid semester and kept my call and just finished my semester. And then oh, when okay. I got home, I had the little bit of time to prepare. So I spent that time oh, like okay. getting clothes and whatever. So it's a good amount of time for you to wait. Mm-hmm. I got good. my call around February ish and then I didn't leave till May. Okay. So, That's not too bad. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I never thought about that because I, I never, I didn't go to school. I just went straight out of high school and worked, try to get as much money as I could. Mm-hmm. And then, it took forever that that call. That's the longest wait. It's just getting that call. How long did you have to wait from your call to going out? Four weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got it. I was waiting. Maybe it was even less. No, it was about four weeks because I was waiting for my call when President Monson announced the age change. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I was like, seriously, dude, you couldn't have done that last year. <laughs> but... He, yeah, so I got, I was waiting for it when he announced that. And that was towards the beginning of October. And so I waited a few weeks after that too. And then I left on the 14th of November. Wow. Man, so you probably saw a lot of that change because there was such an influx of missionaries when that happened too. Yes. I was, I was one of the last waves of 19 year olds, like strictly 19 year olds. Mm -hmm. So I was in the MCC for an extra week. Because Thanksgiving week, uh, they didn't have any missionaries going in or out. Wow. So I was supposed to go home that week. But then the, or 
no the next week and then the next week we got the 18 year olds coming in mm. and there's all these baby faced <laughs> teenagers I'm like sheesh man man yeah that'd be such an experience well the 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 good and bad thing also was that we got the 19 year old sisters like oh we're 19 <laughs> like this is not good <laughs> yeah see it's different when they're your age you yeah yeah that's earlier, true there are some is. there are some 19 year old sisters that were like man our our natural man is coming out we gotta keep it under control guys <laughs> did you have that problem on the mission too or was it just in like the mtc like me personally or just everyone mm, both oh shoot <laughs> <laughs> was it hard to like stay focused sometimes any sometimes. crushes yeah for sure yeah i actually had i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say the area or who it was because it's <laughs> kind of embarrassing but yeah i yeah <laughs> well i actually was thinking about transferring out because of that mm. out of this area and i was praying and i was like you know i don't want it i don't want this to be a distraction from what i'm doing so i might have to message president and i was reading my scriptures the lord pretty much said hey i didn't put you here for nothing like you're not, you know, you're, you're not better than, than these other elders. Like you have to be here to work. I was like, sheesh. Okay. <laughs> well, that I'll take that. And after that, I, you know, I didn't really have a problem. Wow. So, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that. I just suffered through it until I got transferred. <laughs> I, I had a crush on an elder See, at one that... point and I just like suffered through it. And then I got transferred. <laughs> so I was like really grateful I got transferred because I was yeah. like, I like didn't want to do anything wrong. Right. And it wasn't like distracting, but I didn't want it to be distracting. And I didn't want my feelings to grow because it's like not the time and place. Right. But I mean, we're but all the same human. age. It's inevitable. Yeah. yeah it's going to happen. And you're limited on what your options are too. So you can take that into account. And so. Well, I, I think, know. I think elders are more limited than sisters. Yeah, but you also like, I don't know, because I, I, well, I don't want to like say who it was, so I won't say that. But like, if you see people after the mission or you just like see them on Facebook or whatever, like it, sometimes you're like, man, why? Like you're different people. Yeah. I mean, you're the same person on the mission, but you're not. At Are the you same like, time. why did I have a crush on yeah, this guy? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, because you, your life goes in different directions. You have different interests. You're Right. going different goals you know sometimes you live in different places and you know you're kind of just in the same spot and when you're working closely with people yeah you know things happen but yeah for sure but yeah and like like i was mentioning we're human we're young we got our hor hormones going all crazy which is a very difficult thing because we're asked to be so focused on the work and yet it's like we're we're in the pinnacle of like you know, that, that mode of, I want to get married and I want to like, you know, start a family. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, you got to pause that and focus on this. Mm -hmm. Like, man, that sucks. <laughs> Did you have that a lot? Um, like growing up, was it like, I don't know. So like for me, when I grew up and going through, um, young women's and just my family, it was, you're going to graduate high school. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a degree. And during that degree, you're going to get married. You're going to start a family and then you've made it in life like that that was the ultimate goal and so for me throwing a mission in the mix was like off that plan that uh. i was set with for so long and i mean i didn't go on a mission to like find a husband or anything and you know i met my husband after my mission but it still was just a different mentality so is it the same for guys where 
or do you have a different mentality because a mission is more in the plan yeah so the mission <laughs> is most is the focus so that yeah i never i never really talked to a sister about that but that makes sense where the mission isn't even in the picture but yeah for elders or for guys it's like you're going to graduate high school and you're going to prepare for a mission mm. that's it and then you can figure the rest out later <laughs> does it make it scary when you get home then um not really maybe i i assume for some people yeah but the plan is to go to school especially in in the lds culture mm-hmm. so you finish you finish your mission and now you have to get your education um so i don't feel like there's the the, the majority will do that there's a handful of people who will just go straight to work which is okay like you know mm-hmm. but it's i think it's kind of ingrained in the lds culture that's fair to do that and to get married obviously that mm-hmm. that's the next thing as soon as you get home from your mission like it's it's like the second you'd step off the plane it's like so when are you gonna get married mm-hmm. it's like dude i don't <laughs> even know anybody <laughs> and i'm so awkward i can't talk to anybody like that yeah was, that's true that was my issue that's i didn't know true. what to talk about i was like i'll talk about awkward. the restoration yeah you like, get awkward <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah like when nicole came came home she was in that awkward mode too. I'm like, oh, so you just came back from your mission? She's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I would have loved to see okay. that. She's so cute. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's real though, that awkward stage. It takes a while to get out of that. Yeah, because like you you slowly build into it, into the mission, which is something that, I, that I've come across. Like you... You prepare to go on your mission, you know, you read your scriptures, you, you buy your stuff, you know, you get your call, you go to the MTC, you prepare more, you go into the mission field. Mm-hmm. So everything is kind of, it's, it's, it do, it's done quickly, but it's in a slow process mm-hmm. versus when you go home, you go to, you know, you, you finish your mission, you get home, you talk to your state president, boom, you're done. Mm-hmm. Like there's no. Did you not have the like 12, the my plan, like the last, what is it? six or 12 weeks or whatever it is. I think it's like your last six. Um, Did you have that program? I think they were starting it when I was leaving. Yeah, I had that. And it, I don't know. I feel like it kind of helped the transition, but it also didn't. Because like your last six weeks, you're you're making those goals and like plans for what you're going to do when Mm -hmm. you get home. So it's like an attempt to help you transition, but Mm -hmm. it's it almost like made me feel guilty because when I did it, like you, you want to focus on the mission when you're on your mission, especially at the end. Cause you're like, I want to give it all I have, yeah. like put everything in the mission. And then you're taking time out and trying to think about all these things that you're doing at home. And it's a scheduled program for you, but then you feel guilty because then you're thinking about going home and you're getting chunky and like all that stuff. And so it's like bittersweet. Yeah. I almost true. wish I did it when I got home instead of when I was on the mission. Yeah, to give you like a two-week, three-week period to just kind of figure things out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that made sense. But I guess not everyone can do that because some people get off the mission and jump straight into school or whatever. I did not, so I had about a month before I could go to school. Mm -hmm. It was like the longest month of my life. (laughs) Yeah, see, and I I honestly wasn't even planning on going to school because I was like, I don't want to get into debt. I don't want to get a loan. I don't want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And then... So a friend told me about pathways and I was like, I'll try it out. It's not very expensive. So that's awesome. I helped out and I'm still going to school. I'm going very slowly because I work still. So I can't put, I can't take more than seven credits right now mm-hmm. because it'll just be too long, too much. But 
that was my plan because I, I just went straight into working that's good though at least you had like something to do yeah like when you work and come home and i had nothing to do i just like sat on my bed reading your scriptures mm, no staring at the wall <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's good that you're going to school and yeah plugging along yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> life gets there you know yeah well i i asked i asked christian about his uh his companions did you have any any fun companions i did i had some great companions you have some not so great companions. Mm, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had a couple. Well, okay. I learned something from each one. Um, something positive yes. from each one, and I'm very grateful for all the experiences I had. If I could go through it again, no, probably probably wouldn't want to. But um, I had some great ones though. I had one that I'm probably only really in touch with one of them. I'm kind of in touch with another one, but they're good. They're really fun. Well, what about the bad ones? Um, you no, don't, I'm not in touch with them. You don't have, well, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but what what made them bad? Um, not, not like bad people, but like just not. So I had one companion that like just really didn't like me. Or I guess she like tried to like me. It was weird. So, I mean, this will give away who it is, but it was my trainer and we did not get along. <sighs> and <laughs> and um, that never happens. She's... <laughs> She's sweet. And I think it was probably a combination of both of us. Um, we had just different expectations of one another, I think. And it just didn't go well. <laughs> and she would write, um, she would like talk to president without me knowing and like air out all of our dirty laundry to president. And I like things that I thought we resolved or we were talking about just at home. And so I would email president because you're supposed to email every week. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, things are going great. I learned X, Y, and Z from my trainer this week. And, like, tried to keep things positive mm -hmm. and, like, whatever at home because I figured we could sort it out. And I didn't think it was that bad, you know, some of our arguments. And um, I found out, like, the hard way that she was not emailing that to president. She's like, my companion's lazy and horrible and she's not doing blah, 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 blah. And I'm like – and then I found out, like, weeks later when president called us in and – or she – didn't call us in she like had the phone when i was eating breakfast or something and she made she called president and arranged a meeting with him that day and she like came down the stairs and she's just like we are meeting with president and i'm like okay with, like, a, with a mouthful of cereal like, <laughs> yeah, like, okay. much, i'm like all right whatever like what time are we going so we go and i'm i'm talking to the president's wife while she's talking with president mm -hmm. and the president's wife was just so cute and she was like so tell me what you're learning tell me about your investigators and so i'm like all excited to tell her everything and you know again i'm like trying to keep things positive because in my mind things were fine mm -hmm. and uh my companion comes out and president calls me in and he we, we had this conversation long story short i ended up in like tears and i come out i'm like in tears and president's wife is like what the heck just happened so she talked to him after and I didn't even know what happened because I didn't know what my companion told him or anything. It was just like a weird experience. And the president ended up calling me later. He's like, I'm sorry. I was having a bad day. I should have got more information. Like, I mean, and he's human too. So I don't blame him. And I still, I think he's a great mission president. And, um, but it was just a really weird experience. So it kind of, I don't know, just didn't go well. Kind of put a bad taste, I think, in my president's mouth over me and kind of same for me and my president. But we tried to work through it by the end. We were friends, but <laughs> what the heck? yeah. So I was like my first companion. It was just like weird. Like she couldn't get over things. See, that's so frustrating because it's like 
is she was she trying to like get you in trouble or like there's there's no reason for that yeah i don't know and we would have like the weirdest fights like we fought over a table the green table <laughs> so, oh like, yes this is yeah you were telling us that you were gonna or you were saying that you were gonna tell the story <laughs> yeah so we ended up not being like she got transferred and um it was like two so i got a new companion and we switched apartments with some elders that were in the same like complex as us but mm-hmm. like different apartments and um we were like in a back corner and it just wasn't the safest. And so we, we swapped with them. Mm. So we were in a safer area. And um, because of that, the apartment layout was like slightly different and there was different furniture and the furniture was like bulkier. <laughs> so we moved around some of the furniture on how it was originally designed in the apartment. I lived with my trainer mm-hmm. and later that transfer, my trainer and her companion moved into the apartment with us because we had an extra room and they didn't have a place to live. So they lived with us for a couple of weeks. Your and trainer and her, her new companion. companion. Okay. Yeah. So my trainer became an STL. So her and her companion came and moved in with my, me and my second companion. Oh my gosh. And okay. For, for, first up, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to pause it right there. <laughs> well, what did you think when you heard the, the, that news? Um, you know, I was a little indifferent cause I really got along really well with my second companion and we didn't mind them moving in. Um, but I was a little nervous because like things were a little different and I wasn't sure what our, my relationship was with this other girl. Um, but we were okay with it. Cause I mean, you don't, I mean, you live with them, but you're not spending most of your time with them. You right. see them like at breakfast and when you go to bed and that's, that's pretty true. much it. So, um, I wasn't too worried, but it worked out. Like, I don't know. They came. So my companion and I, we had our stuff spread out all over the apartment. And so we, when we found out they were moving in, we quickly went and we didn't have anything planned that day. So we cleaned the apartment really well and we moved all of our stuff into like two rooms. Um, and cause there were, there was like a master bedroom with this massive walk-in closet and you could have easily fit like your stu- your desk and study stuff in there too. Like it was what? huge, like a huge master bed, <laughs> like bedroom. Like this room? Yeah, actually probably bigger than this because we could Holy fit one, smokes. two, three, four. You could fit five twin beds in that room. <laughs> in in the closet? No, just in oh. in the bedroom. You okay. could fit five twin beds, probably six, but we we put five oh. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Long story. Ooh, sorry. Yeah, Long right. other story. Um, we had like a sleepover with some sisters. It was really fun. But <laughs> you could put like five or six twin beds just in the room. And then a walk-in closet, you could probably fit another two twin beds in the walk-in closet. Dang. And so it was huge. So you could easily fit like your twin beds, all your personal stuff and your study stuff in this room. So then you had another room that was much smaller, basically enough for your companions, like your beds and your dresser and your closet. Mm-hmm. And then there was another room that was about that same size downstairs, which was like the study room. So there was three bedrooms. So we moved and there were two bathrooms. There was a master bathroom. It was pretty big. And then a smaller bathroom. So we moved all of our stuff because we had all of our stuff on the walls and everything in our study room. So we moved all of our personal stuff into the other room, the smaller room. And then so we took the small room, the small bathroom. No, we took the small room, the big bathroom, and the study room. So we said, okay, one big thing, one small thing, and then the study room. And then we gave them the big master bedroom the smaller bathroom and then the covered parking spot because that's nice when it's really hot or if it's snowing and so we're like that's fair because you know everyone has one big thing one small thing and then you know we shared well we had the this table and 
we we had set it up because again the furniture was like a little different we had like a dining area and stuff well in the old apartment when i was with my companion they split it so like one companionship had all the big things and one companionship had all the small things and then you traded off every week who had the parking spot so it was like a pain and it wasn't really fair but that's how they used to do it and so i kind of just lived with it and was like okay whatever but then when we had the new apartment we like just changed things up and so when they moved in she like flipped and she was like no this isn't how it's supposed to be done. It has to be done this way. And I was, she was like demanding that they, we give them either the study room or they were going to move the table from the dining room into the middle of the living room, which like doesn't make any sense why you'd put it in the middle of the living room, but she wanted to use that like dining table as their study table. And so that was like our whole fight was over the stupid table and it was green. So it's like the green table. Yeah. Like, I mean, one of the worst fights I've ever been in my life, like screaming, my companions crying. Like, Are you serious? Like, yeah. It was so bad. The other companion just like gave up and just like sat there and let us hash it out. And then after that, we became like best friends for the rest of the transfer after we got over it. Like three days later, we had no more problems. I think this was like a little bit build up from your companionship <laughs> <much>. before. <laughs> yeah. So it was crazy. Um, but yeah, it was, it happened and now we're here. So, <laughs> and who is the sister? My trainer. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to share this episode with her. No, <laughs> no. She mentioned she was actually on not a podcast, but like a YouTube channel and she shared the same story, but a little different perspective than what mm-hmm. I shared. So. I'll have to hear that one too. And I'll have to go look it up and see, but She's a great girl. She's married now. She's stunning. She seems to be doing really well in life. And so I'm really happy for her. But definitely, you know, don't want to do that again. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's rough when you don't get along with a companion like that because you can't leave them. Mm-hmm. Like in marriage, if you're if you're mad at your companion, you can just be like, you know what? I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to go drive around. You know, I'm going to go to the <laughs> store, whatever. But with a companion, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it interesting because you got to find that balance of what can you work out yourself and what do you need someone else to intervene? I got another companion where I wish I had our STLs interviewing more because I thought we could work it out and we couldn't, but I don't know. I would definitely advise any future missionaries, like if you are fighting so much, like every day, have someone else intervene because it's not worth it. Just just do it you're not going to be like bad for it because i always felt guilty i was like no i'm not supposed to have problems with my companions like i thought i was supposed to be like perfect you know and never have an argument and that's not true you're gonna have arguments all the time you gotta be mature enough to resolve them though well sometimes you can't yeah but you gotta try right right i think most (laughs) most i really only had two companions where i couldn't every other companion was great and I mean, we'd, you know, have little spouts and we'd figure it out and we'd be fine like a couple hours later. And I have really fond memories of all my other companions, just two that were difficult. Sweet. Where, (laughs) where were these apartments? They were off of Fairview, actually. I don't remember what they're called, but they were off of Fairview. Because I'm like, (laughs) wait, I know, I know your mission. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They were off of Fairview and kind of by five mile. Not totally on five mile, but they're off. Fairview and five mile ish. <laughs> they're town. Ta- I think they're townhomes. Their apartments are townhomes. Okay. But they're two stories, and it's like there's a Dutch Bros right there. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There's like yes. a restaurant. I 
think it's called like Golden Corral or something like that. No, and it's the right Golden ac- Wheel? Yeah, the Golden Wheel. Yeah. It's right across the street. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sheesh. That's funny. Yeah. I loved the Golden Wheel. It was really that's, fun. They that's used- Cloverdale. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cloverdale's on the other side. So you're in the middle of both. Between. Oh, that's true. Like right Cloverdale. in the middle. That's true. That's true. Wild, so. Wildwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. That's exactly where it is. <laughs> I know that area decently well. Yeah. I used to, we used to get a lot of Dutch bros there. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys get it free? No. 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 It's because you weren't in Utah. What? <laughs> in Utah, Utah missionaries get everything free. Seriously? Yeah. Dang. Like th- there's stories where they just go in without their wallet and somebody will pay for them. Whoa. Yeah. If they wait long enough, somebody will pay for them. It's that's, ridiculous. That's faith right there. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that much faith. No, um, we got, we got well, what, what areas of your, uh, I guess, did your mission cover in Boise? Or was it everything? My specific areas or what did your, our mission Your cover? mission. Your mission. And we'll condense it, I guess. So at the beginning of a mission, it was Boise, Meridian, Eagle Star, and Idaho City. Five cities. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was like counting them all. Um, and then after we got the new mission president and they redid the boundaries, it went from the border was between Meridian and Boise. So we just had Boise all the way to like Albion. And then we went down to the Utah border. Oh, wow. And then I have no idea how far north we went. I never went up north. That's okay. So, There's right. nothing up there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they always just sent the elders up there. So I never went north. That's good. They kept all the girls more towards the main cities. That's That's smart. So. That's yeah. smart. But now the boundaries are different again. I don't I don't know what they are. Yeah, but they I know they're different. All the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I have you know, I haven't even looked at my mission boundaries since I left. So anyway. I honestly don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I think uh, the only reason I care is because I live here now. Yeah. So <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, it's like, oh, what's it now? Well but. that's that's not very common for somebody to live in their own mission. Yeah, it wasn't planned. Actually, I remember I got in trouble at a dinner once. Because, <laughs> okay, when I get really nervous, I'll, like, just start rambling. And I'll talk. And a lot of times I'll put my foot in my mouth. And so I was in an area with one of my best friends. Um, she was my companion. And we had a bishop who was from Texas. And really, really nice guy. But he intimidated the crap out of me. Like, mm. <laughs> he was just terrifying. And we had dinner with him and his wife. And I made some comment about, like, oh, yeah, the area is nice, but I'd never live here. <gasps> and he just, like, jumped on that. Oh, man. And, like, like my companion literally looked at me like, oh, you've done it now. Like, and he wouldn't let it go for, like, the rest of dinner and, like, slammed me. He's like, why not? That place is great. Blah, 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 blah. And so the Lord definitely has a sense of humor because this is where we got a job. And so this is not where we're living. Heavenly <laughs> Father's like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh, pretty much. <laughs> so now I've learned, like, don't say you don't want to live somewhere because that's where he's going to yeah. send you. Which is great. It really is a great area. but It is really nice. When I moved up here, I thought, you know, this is, I could live here. Mm-hmm. You know, when my parents were looking for a house, I, I came up here with them. And I went to Institute. I got out at like 930, 10. It was the middle of summer, mm-hmm. so you could still see the, the sun. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots to do here, so it's yeah. nice. Yeah. It's too bad I haven't done anything yet. What do you mean you haven't done anything? Did Around you guys here. go on fun dates and try new things? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or you could have done that anywhere, any other city. No. <laughs> there are some places there's not a lot to do. We haven't gone, like, 
hiking. Well, there's still time for that. Done the walked on the trails that they have here because we're just literally on on the foothills over here. Just are you? Are they right here? Yeah. We have the green belt by our house. That's true. See, I want to go on the green belt more. Yeah. Just go over nice. to our place. Just park there and go walk the green belt. Did were you guys able to walk the green belt on your mission? No. Well, I mean, we were allowed to, but I don't think I lived. I didn't live by the green belt in any of my areas. Oh, that's true. It's more. Well, it depends on where you are. But I did get to be on a canal. I lived right next to a canal. We used to go running in Rupert. Um, we used to go running every morning and watch the sunrise. Ugh. Every morning. Every morning. Along the canal. It was really fun. That's so we'd, we'd run a mile, and then um, if we had some extra time before like 7, we would sit and watch the sunrise, and then we'd oh. go back in and get ready and study. It, it rose that, that time, 7 mm-hmm. o'clock? Well, I guess it rose. Well, it was in the summer. Okay. Well, summer and fall. Late summer. Yeah, because now, like, after daylight savings, it, it rises at, like, 8 in the morning. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Because I'll wake up. So Late days, I'll wake up at, like, 7, 7.30, and it's still dark outside. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ugh. It, it does not motivate you to want to get up. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I love waking up to the sun. Yeah. But. When it's in your face. Ugh. Yeah. But it made it nice. To, the canal right there, it made it really nice to exercise because you had somewhere to go. Instead yeah. of just, like waking up and i used to fall asleep while i did crunches oh yeah, yeah. i think <laughs> yeah. you were mentioning that yeah. Yeah. i used to do that and so like when you're just in your apartment it's really hard because you're yeah. so tired and you don't want to do it it's so easy to just go back to sleep mm-hmm. but my companion was awesome and we'd just get up and walk ourselves outside and just run around Ooh, and i keep doing that just That's one okay. lap around the canal was and we'd, we'd race and meet some other missionaries there were elders that lived on the other like our border was right where the canal had a bridge that you could turn around and go back oh okay and so we'd meet the elders there in the morning say hi and we'd like race them to the bridge and then we'd like go back and that's it we didn't talk we just like would go and say bye and keep going <laughs> that's nice <laughs> that was our routine sweet. every morning that's cool yeah we didn't have that we had one cool gym in the in our apartment and the sisters would want to go but they didn't live in our apartment complex. Mm. So sometimes we didn't go. <laughs> and then they were like, guys, if you're not going to go, you got to tell us because we don't want to drive all the way over there and not be able to get in. <laughs> That's fair. Like, yeah. You're allowed to go to a gym. That's well, so cool. it was in the in the apartment complex. Mm. So it was part of part of what we did. Oh, like, that's really cool. Like because there was a pool in there. And so we went swimming every once in a while. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. Yeah, right. That's interesting because we, we had those in some of our apartments and we weren't allowed to go to those gyms. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't say anything against it. I think we were in the really nice apartments. Mm-hmm. So most apartments don't have that, especially in mm-hmm. Vegas because they have their nice like state-of-the-art gyms set up mm-hmm. elsewhere in the city. So for apartments to have those things, it's not very common. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think so. That's cool. That's so they don't tell you. You're not breaking the rule, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't see <laughs> so, anything against it. I don't, yeah. Because you need a key card to get in, and we had it on our keychain. Mm. So, That's I don't cool. Know. But that's we didn't so go cool. out every day. There were days when my companion and I would wake up, and we'd look at each other, and we're like, <laughs> and then we just go back to sleep. We just <laughs> nod at each other. <laughs> I fell asleep all the time, like doing things. Because I'd like try to pray, and I'd fall asleep in my prayer. 
And my companion would just say amen and then walk away. And I'm like, why didn't you like, wake me up? Like, Should we I'm just praying, leave you there? I'm praying out loud. Yeah. We'd like say our companionship prayers. We'd wake up and say our prayers. It'd be my turn to say the prayer. So I, you know, you do that like scrunch thing in your bed because you, know, you don't get out of bed. So you do that scrunch <laughs> thing on your pillow and you're butt in the air and you're like saying your prayer. And I'm like praying out loud. And she's like, yeah, you would just like, you'd start really strong, like kind of like this, like we're talking and yeah. then you just like fade off and then become a mumble and then you just like stop talking and you'd be out and she's like so i just say amen and then she'd go on her merry way and i'm like come on Sorry now to get like, ready. <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious so that's messed up well, it was funny maybe she was being nice to let you sleep a little bit more totally i loved that companion <laughs> so i'm not mad at her at all but it was like why didn't you wake me up like looking back i'm like it was so simple it just tapped me on the shoulder yeah but, oh well <laughs> it you ever, happened do you ever fall asleep during like a lesson or anything Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I ask that a lot, and people say no. Oh, God. I'll admit it. <laughs> I fall asleep a lot at the beginning, because you don't realize how tired you're going to be. Yeah. And even, like, to this day, you like, it's, t- it's so different. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not, like, no one constantly is on the go all day. I mean, I guess some people are, but it's so draining mm-hmm. sitting and listening to people all day and like thinking of something to say and spiritually i mean you're trying to be in tune to the spirit all day too yeah. and that's draining as well so you don't it's like a whole nother level of being tired and so getting at the beginning getting used to the schedule those first that's probably why my trainer didn't like me too <laughs> like not off oh and, that's why you were lazy probably it wasn't on purpose. It's just, right. it's so hard to yeah, keep your, stay is. focused sometimes, especially when you're still trying to learn and you don't really know what to say. And like, maybe you're assigned one section of the lesson or whatever. And so you only have to worry about that section. <laughs> so, but it was just literally just in the beginning of my mission. And then I, I didn't have a problem later, but. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It is very tough. Cause we were, we were talking about that in family home meeting the other day about the spiritual experiences that they just drain you Mm -hmm. so like with joseph smith or with lehi with moses they saw god and then they just passed out Mm -hmm. (laughs) right where they were yeah but and that's that's like a huge experience but with missionary work it's not it's not like that where it's just one big experience Mm -hmm. it's really small but it's constant Mm -hmm. the whole entire day and so it's like you're always tired i i'm tired now and I'm tired when I work because of school and stuff, mm-hmm. but not to the degree of how tired I was with on the mission. Oh, yeah, totally. And, you know, most of the time when you're teaching, well, at least when I was teaching lessons, we'd be on the couch. Yeah. I was like, all like, yeah. you're comfy, like sitting there. And yeah, that's, yeah. Very rarely on the kitchen table. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of any lesson I had on the kitchen table besides like maybe a dinner message. Mm. How'd you guys go about uh, sharing a dinner message? Because missionaries, for people who don't know or haven't had the missionaries over, um, the missionaries always share a message with the family they've had dinner with. Mm -hmm. How do you guys go about doing that? Um, I did it differently with each companion. So some companions we would go every other day. We'd like, she'd get it one day, I'd do it the next. Um, Some companions we would pick like one message that we'd share all week. And then we'd pick like a new message for the next week. Um, I had one companion. We picked one message for our entire transfer. <laughs> and oh if my you, gosh. And if you had like someone that had dinner twice or something, which doesn't usually happen, but sometimes it does, then we'd like have a backup lesson. Mm. But yeah, it just kind of depended on sometimes we just won it. 
other times yeah sometimes <laughs> we'd just be winging it sometimes we like i made it like one transfer i had my companion we're like okay whatever we, we learn about in our studies we'll mm-hmm. both share something small from our studies at dinner so it, it just kind of depended there okay. was no like formal thing did you have something formal in yours no <laughs> it was it was pretty universal like we never even talked about it like i don't think i think it was my trainer just said okay you're gonna share the message today and then i'll share it tomorrow kind of thing mm. so i said like, okay that makes sense and the rest of my mission it was the same thing um mm. and with every new companion like oh i'll share it today you know okay and it, everybody knew that if you didn't share it or if your companion shared it it was your turn the next day but I personally would just share something from my studies that morning every time. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like if you're, if you're studying in the morning, you learn something, you want to share it with someone. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to remember things. Definitely. Did you ever have like a favorite message that you either heard or that you would share? Or I guess, was it just different every time or did you have something you'd always kind of revert back to? Um, I think it was different every time. I think that the times that struck out, the most were the ones where you or either I or my companion were really inspired to share something. And like, I remember one time in particular, my companion wanted to share this. And so we went to this dinner and they were going to have a friend over. So he said, we're, I, w- I want to share the Bible video where Jesus gets all mad and cl- cleanses the temple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that was his message. Like we need to keep our temples clean and we need to, to sustain from doing anything that'll, that'll make it messy, you know? Mm. And then the next time we visited the, the guy that was visiting with the family, their friend, he was like, man, I've been struggling with alcoholism and I've been struggling with all this other stuff. And for you guys to share that message, like it's not coincidence. <laughs> so I was like, dang, man, you're on it. That's way cool. So, yeah. He's like, I've been praying like to have some kind of answer to help me because he was Jehovah's witness. Mm. So he knew he was in the wrong. But he's like, I just don't know what to do. Man. And then we showed up, he showed up, and he shared that with him. And it's like, wow, that's... That's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. But I feel like those those experiences aren't necessarily very common, but they mm-hmm. do occur a lot more on the mission than any other time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. I think it's... It's interesting to see how the spirit works because you have so many more experiences or mm-hmm. maybe not more, but like, uh, no, it is more I like, I more, mean, yeah. you're, I don't know if it's just because you're paying more attention and so maybe yeah. you have more or it's just comes with the calling or what, but you definitely see the Lord's hand. I think a lot easier. That was, I guess that's something I learned from my mission is you have experiences like that, like what you shared it's like so evident that, you know, the spirit helped and that the Lord's hand was in that experience. And you'll see that a lot on the mission. And um, it's something you can see when you come off the mission too. But I feel like the longer you go, it can be difficult to see like the, the Lord's hand in your life or pay attention to those same spiritual experiences. And it's not that we don't like mean to do it on purpose, but we get distracted and maybe aren't paying attention as much. But that's something I still try to do. Is especially when I'm like really down, I'm like, okay, how did the Lord help me today? Yeah. Or like, what's like a little miracle I've seen? It could be something small or it could be something big, like your experiences, mm-hmm. like a, a bigger one. But either way, it's just kind of cool to see how he intervenes and plays a part in our lives. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it's I think those those moments, those little little moments, are what make the mission worth it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I didn't serve your mission, but I I would assume that you had a lot more negative moments than you did positive moments with people. <laughs> uh, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. I think a little bit of both. Try to focus on the positive, but, but you also remember a lot of the negative. Yeah. Too. It's sometimes it's easier to remember the negative than the yeah. positive. Sometimes. That's true. But people but. are generally nice up here in Boise. I think. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh. <laughs> 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 you give it a weird look. Kind of. The problem. I don't. Do you mean members or non-members? Non-members. Yeah, I think they're pretty decent. I mean, most non-members know at least one member. Yeah. Like most people have at least heard of the church, which can either be really good or most of the, most of them are pretty neutral or it can be really bad. But again, yeah. most of them are somewhere in the ne- neutral ground where it's like, oh yeah, I know someone, you know, so and so is a member and that's about the extent of what they know. So they're pretty decent and pretty nice. Up here in Boise? Yeah. We had more issues with members than non-members actually. Really? Mm-hmm. That's not good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've always wondered, like, I mean, you've talked to people from utah mission so i've always wondered if this is a thing in utah too but here we would have like members have a perception of what they think missionaries should and shouldn't be doing right and how missions should be done and how lessons should be taught and how missionaries should act and dress and talk and all this stuff and they either have kids who are on missions and so they're looking at their experiences or they've served mission themselves or whatever and so if you didn't live up to that expectation that they had because as we talked about before, every mission is different. Every rules are different. People are different. Then they like, they did not like you. And so it made it difficult to work with members and to even get meals sometimes if they didn't like you, if they thought you were a bad missionary. Like labels were a big thing here. If you were a good or a bad missionary, if you were obedient, if you weren't obedient of whatever their level that they thought it should be, regardless of what our level was. So. It just made things a little interesting. <laughs> Dang, that's rough. So, yeah. You know, I, I saw a post from my brother-in-law yesterday or two days ago. Um, I don't remember exactly what it said because I just kind of skimmed through it. But he said, why is it that the biggest uh, judgment that we make or something is like the actual judging of others? Something like that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm probably butchering it, but I'd have to look it up later, but... It, it's true. Like the, the biggest sin that we make is, is judging others in a general sense. Mm-hmm. Cause like we don't, we don't know what the missionaries are doing. We have no clue <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Um, Cause you only see them what, maybe an hour, two hours at the most mm-hmm. in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, they still got tons of time to, to go out and do what they're, they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like I see some, some missionaries um, volunteering where I work. Um, and I assume because it's difficult to find people during certain times of the day. And it's like, you know, some people might be like, well, you're supposed to be going out tracting. It's like, no, not necessarily. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Missionaries are in certain spots at certain times for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And they're set apart to do that. We as members are not. So that's kind of sad. That is. That's cool that you have missionaries that work there. Actually, in this area, they have... Have you heard of Just Serve? No. Well, it's like a volunteer program that the church came out with like okay. a few years ago. 
and missionaries have assignments through that. So that's probably why you see them at hmm. work. Is so each area is assigned like a place and a time to be, that's and they cool. go serve in different places. So service is like a huge thing in this area. You're that's like supposed awesome. to have so many hours of service and stuff like that per week. So that's cool. Did you serve like service service in on, on your mission? Some. I mean, we we like did like them? normal. Yeah, we had like assigned times. Okay. to go do and like places that like that area was assigned to go to this place at this time on these days. Wait, what what and kind stuff of stuff like did you do? We would go you know, is it called Idaho Youth Ranch? Yeah. I believe that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. we'd go there and we would go help sort stuff <clears throat> or organize stuff. We'd just go work for I don't remember how long it was, at least an hour. I think it was a couple hours. And we'd go some areas it was once a week, some areas it was more. Um we also did in another area I was in we would go downtown and we helped with a refugee place and they would teach English and we helped them um, make, at the time it was around Christmas. So we were making like ornaments and stuff like that because mm. they were teaching the refugees. They're trying to get them work experience so they could put it on a resume to like go get a job. That's cool. And then they were also teaching them English. So we would go, we'd have assigned times to go and we'd go help them with that and get to know the refugees. And so it just depended on the area. You'd be assigned different things depending on where you were located and what was available. So, That's was pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. We just did hard labor. Yeah. <laughs> in 115 degrees. Oof. I'll take, I'll take my air conditioned. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> nice. That's cool though. That's, that's definitely needed because yeah. we work a lot with refugees as well and it's very difficult to communicate with them. Mm. It's like, we have things for you, but they don't understand anything. <laughs> and so then we have to get the stuff and show them and then they're like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. come on in. But with, yeah, it's difficult to communicate with them, but that's good. Mm. That's, that's, I think that program that the church is doing is very good because mm. I do see them around everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool to do the hard labor too. Just finding your own service yeah. too. Is no. definitely needed too. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was fine. It was hot though. That was the only, the only negative thing, mm. but it's so weird to talk to you about your mission when it's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes it weird living here sometimes. Yeah, well, because I've done this many episodes, mm -hmm. and uh, it's always somewhere else, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So for you to be the first one from Boise, it's it's interesting, because mm -hmm. I I usually try to picture of where people are talking to me about, so like you know Africa, South America, Europe, they explain to me how it is, and so I try to picture it. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, I could take you to like where we yeah, went. That's, like, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's bittersweet to live yeah. in the mission, for sure. Why bitter? Um, one of the two companions I didn't get along with, we served in Meridian, and she was very disobedient, and I, I mean, very very disobedient. <laughs> And I mean, I love her. She's a great girl, but it was really difficult to, you know, I wanted to be obedient. I wanted to be a good, like, I want to be a good missionary. I want to do what we're supposed yeah. to do. And she was very opposite. So we butted heads a lot over that. And I caved a lot on, on things that I shouldn't have. And I ended up winding up doing things I shouldn't have done and been like, you know, again, with the labels, a disobedient missionary for a while. And it wasn't on purpose. And I remember having a time where I'm like, how did I get here? Like, how, how did we get in this situation? That's like, not at all what we're supposed to do. And, um, I still like to this day, can't go back to those areas. Cause I'm so ashamed mm -hmm. of like those two transfers I had out of my, the whole rest of my mission was fantastic. I didn't do anything else. I was even remotely that disobedient, 
but I'm just so ashamed of like how I was as a missionary. And I know people still probably remember me like that, Mm. that I won't go back and visit any of those people or go back to those wards. And I just have a hard time driving around those areas Mm. because I don't like those memories. Interesting. Yeah. Like my mission president at the time and other missionaries, like they had this mentality of, you know, be obedient because if you're not, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And that's what I was told for the, like the whole, like almost my whole mission. And so I really struggled not only with the little things of, okay, I slept in an extra 15 minutes or half an hour, like the minor things that every missionary does, Mm -hmm. but also some of those bigger things that I did that were wrong and I couldn't get over that guilt. And it's something I still struggle with. And that's dumb because you shouldn't, we're all human and we all make mistakes and Mm -hmm. that's not what it's about. And I have other, you know, friends that are like, Oh yeah, I, (laughs) I made mistakes all the time and I, you know, did whatever. And they didn't care. They still just focus on the positives of their mission and they didn't sweat it. They still had the spirit. They still were trying to do their best. And yeah, they made mistakes, but it's no big deal. Whereas for me, I like brought my mistakes inside Mm -hmm. and it just like tore me apart. And so it's still something I'm just like getting over. So in some ways, like that's kind of why it's not good to live here (laughs) because it's just a constant reminder for me of what used to be. And but it's also good because there are positive things about the mission too that I remember. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to be around people that I have taught in the good areas. Yeah. So. And Dutch bros. Yeah. Dutch bros for sure. <laughs> Lots of Dutch bros. <laughs> Sweet. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But all right. That's it. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Any, any questions, anything else that you want to add? Anything, anything mm-hmm. that you would recommend about missionary work or the mission life to anyone um i would just say like don't don't stress it like do your best but don't stress about the little things make a mistake just do better just don't do it again and move on you know that's the power of the atonement and if you you know have that same mentality that i did of like oh this will never go away that completely defeats the purpose of the atonement like why bother having it like we should be able to move forward and learn from the experiences instead of dwelling on them. So just enjoy the mission and focus on the positive. Is all I can tell people. That is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Kimberly, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. And we'll, we will see you next time.